Welcome to Death Do Us Part podcast, hosted by my wife, Jamie. Hello. And myself, Mark. What up? Hey. Hi. Uh, I don't even, I don't know what episode number this is. I think 31. Just part two. Yes. So. Part two. Yeah. Definitely three parts. Okay. There was no way I was gonna, um, I made part two a little bit shorter too because I knew um, we'd be recording during the week, mm, thank which is you. a little rough on it is. all of us. So yes, it is. Um. So yeah, I got that. Done. Good talk. I, yeah, I, I'm like a <laughs> fucking walking brain fart today. I don't even know I'm what's right going on. I'm right there with you. I'm right there. With it's definitely you. fucking Monday. Yeah, that's for sure. The weather is shitty and. It was so fucking bad yesterday and this morning. Yeah. Oh, my God. Was it raining when you were driving? This morning? Yeah. yeah. Walking the dog this morning was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been shitty. The wind is blowing like crazy. I like fall. Don't get me wrong. But I do not need thunder and lightning yeah. for nine fucking hours. Yeah, that was crazy yesterday. So... That if I had crazy. to tell Jax one more time that there wasn't going to be a fucking tornado, I was going to go make one outside. Yeah, right? Dude, how many It's 47 time? degrees I, I outside. Dude, <laughs> There's no fucking tornado. Fucking relax. <laughs> oh, my God. I love kids. They hate us. <laughs> <laughs> they, they fucking hate us. I can't wait till our, our little talk tonight. Oh, they're going to really fucking hate me. Yeah. They're gonna, yeah. I can't wait to watch though. I kind of gave them the heads up, but keep getting pop ups. Why? Of what? Porn? Probably. No, mm. it's probably Roblox because Jax was. Do you think, are they going to be able to hear that funny noise? I don't know. Oh. Well, now they're going to be like, what the fuck is she talking about? Yeah, right. Weirdo. <laughs> we don't hear shit. Yeah, we don't. What? Mm hmm. But no, I keep getting pop-ups. I had to close all his windows that he opened. I He works it better than I do. I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't, we don't have any business, do we? No, I'm getting more merch this week. Yeah, got to pick up the t-shirts. T-shirts, finally. pens, the whole kit and caboodle. We'll yeah. have more by the end of this week. All right, that's cool. Um, I don't know other than that. I did a race. You did. I did a race. Tell everybody what you did. Um. Well, my brother always wanted to do a race with me, so we found one. It was only a mile that we did. Don't say only a mile. A mile is huge. Uh, yeah. But he pushed me like 75% of it, I would yeah, say. Yeah, but I would say you walked a thousand feet. No. Yes. No. Yes. That a thousand feet is a half a mile. No, a thousand feet is not a half a mile. I'm pretty sure it is. A mile is five thousand two hundred and eighty feet. So a thousand feet is not a half a mile. Mm. I can't math, but I got that part down. Well, then yeah, maybe. See, a thousand feet. Take that, credit where credit is due. That's what my limit was in physical therapy. But you so. walked it, and yeah. you walked across the finish line. I did, and that's a huge cool. fucking deal. And a couple people were cheering, so that was cool. They were. (laughs) And it was raining. Yeah. And I asked you if you wanted a blanket, and you're like, wow, I can't feel my legs. Yeah, I (laughs) know. (laughs) I'm 
my brother like two times today. He's like, are your legs cold? I'm like, dude, I have no feeling. That would be because Mike is all of four and a half pounds. Yeah. Maybe five with the layers and the rain. Yeah. So. But yeah, I was like, no, I don't Can't feel feeling. Him. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Shorts are good. Yep. Shorts all the time. But that's a huge fucking deal. Yeah. So it, it was pretty cool. It was like a goal. It was a huge deal. Yeah. I was very proud of you. Thanks, Mama. So it was cool. I was glad you were there. The whole family was mm-hmm. there. We were. I want to do it again. Good. Want to do it again. Mike can push you again. Yes. He trained for He did for a good it. job. He trained. I know. Jackie told me that yesterday. Yeah, that's very so. cool. The yeah. guys at the stadium were... Mm-hmm. Helping him out. Putting weight in a wheelchair and... That's pretty cool. How about I just sit on your lap next time and Mike can push both of us. Right. Then I can get a t-shirt. But that's cool, the Sox guys, to help them out like that. It is. So, that was cool. Yeah, it's a huge fucking deal. My fat ass ain't running a mile. (laughs) Like that. Uh, One guy ran it in like four minutes, though. There were a couple that were taking it serious. Uh, Like, okay, we're at an elementary school, guys. But, yeah. like, ser- like stripped down to damn near what looked like fucking underwear. I mean, it was awesome pulling up in the parking lot and seeing people stretch. They were stretching. Like, dude, what? Yeah. But two, <laughs> two guys, they were, like, racing each other. But, I mean, the one guy crossed the finish line, and Jackie's like, what the fuck? I was like, dude, I didn't even open my Pop-Tarts yet. And <laughs> this guy's already crossed the finish line. There were two line. that were in their, like, high school uniform, track uniforms. I think they were, well, they, I'm hoping they were still in high school and track, and it wasn't from, like, 1987. But my warm-up was just wiggling my legs. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Magic legs work for That's me. all we got. Um. Oh, my God. Babe, so I had orientation today. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if Katie listens, but we got on the subject of Halloween. Yeah. And um, she said that you should be Lieutenant Dan. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we've talked about that. Yeah. I said, but Kate found him a rocket, like a rocket ship to turn his wheelchair into. Yeah. Babe, she started singing Rocket Man and like <laughs> could not stop fucking laughing for almost a half an hour. That's pretty cool. We finally just, we were looking at her. Well, she, she was dying. She thought it was the best fucking thing ever. So, and every time she would stop laughing, she'd start singing Rocket Man again. And then she'd start singing again. It was great. The, the So it was two people that have worked there previously. And yeah. one new girl. And Tony in the back. Uh, yeah. This poor new girl. I was like, you're going to come back, right? Like, please come back. I promise we're not this bad. And Tony's like, no, we are. You might as well just get used to it. So You are that bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All in good fun. Yeah. HR nightmare fun. But, I mean, when I'm HR, whatever. Mm -hmm. So. All right. So, part of Dua. Yeah. Wasn't that, uh, what was that movie? Hot Shots. Thank you. Part Dua. I feel Charlie like I'm Sheen was in it. Breathing really heavy. Yeah, me too. That's what I feel. Yeah. If it sounds like that, I'm sorry. I can't help it. I'm fat and I moved around too much today and I'm just, you know, I'm done. I did the Peloton today. I did nothing. Well, I went to work. Yeah, that's That something. counts as something, right? <clears throat> yeah. That's about it. 
I ain't doing the fucking Peloton, that's for sure. Fuck, I did the Peloton, and then we played action figures Although, for a good two hours. I do miss my gay boyfriend on Peloton. <clears throat> Go back. I know, I need to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get back on the saddle. Tonight's exercise is going to be Target, though. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So, part two. Part two. Um, the... <laughs> The more I read, like, the more fucked up this is. Oh, yeah. And how anybody who knows or even looks into the case a little bit can think that these guys are guilty is fucking beyond me. Yeah. It it amazes me. Yeah. So this part is going to be um, a lot of, like, the investigation. Okay. It's going to be the confession. Okay. So then part three is going to be the trials. Yeah. So. Okay. That sounds good. All right. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Hit so uh, we left off talking about Jerry Driver, who was the twat-faced juvenile officer who was yeah. going after Damien. Um, so he took his suspicions about this being a satanic cult thing to Marion Police Department Detective Don Bray. Um, I think I said at the end of part one that an anonymous informant called the PD to report that a local pastor from the Baptist church had concerns that Damien was um, a devil worshiper. Mm-hmm. So uh, preachers and pastors literally within days started using this story, the boys murders as um, evidence that the end was near. Oh, and that's what they were preaching it as was that the end was coming. The devil had had taken over and and these boys were murdered and the end was coming. As if like these people weren't fucking scared shitless enough. Right. Now yeah, let's yeah. tell them there's a fucking devil out there. It's the end of the world. Cool. Um, so the atmosphere around West Memphis was very bleak. Uh, people were scared. They were angry. They wanted answers. And nobody was giving them answers. So they just, you know. Yeah. When word that this could have been occult-related and a satanic ritual, um, the satanic panic really took over the town, both the police and the community. Um, they were just really convinced solid that these were ritualistic murders. Yeah. So I'm surprised I said that word. Good job. Uh, on May 7th, 1993, the second twat-faced juvenile officer, Steve Jones, he's the one who uh, found the shoe. Yeah. And Lieutenant James Sudbury went to interview Damien around Dune. They interviewed him on the steps of his trailer. However, some sources say it was in his sister's room. I don't think it really matters. But they made no notes of the interview. And this becomes a a running theme for this police department. Um, Per Damien, they started out by asking him if he had any information about satanic cults in the area. And why this is not being held at the police station... Oh, babe. Is beyond me. Nothing was recorded. Nothing was written down. Nothing was done at the fucking police station. Like, it's insane. Yeah, that's bad police work. So, they asked him if he knew anything about satanic cults, just in general. And then they questioned him about his favorite book in the Bible. Hmm. First of all, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Well, if he's satanic... Why is he reading the Bible? I don't know. So if he's satanic, he's not going to be reading the Bible. So at this time, though, so like this time and a little bit before, Damien was very into 
all religions and was very curious about learning religion and right. um, for a while got very into Catholicism. Yeah. And I think I mentioned in part one that he changed his name to Damien yeah. after a, a priest in Hawaii who worked with lepers. Yeah. So I don't understand what the fucking Bible has anything to do with it, but he never really like gave an answer. Yeah. And could you name a book in the Bible, like multiple books in the Bible? You oh, probably fuck could. No. Really? Yeah. But they want a devil worshiper to do it. Cool. Well, uh, maybe years ago. Yeah. I no. Could, you know. Which John Cena's John three sixteen? There you go. Yeah. There Boom. you go. A uh, Corinthians. There you go. Everybody knows yeah. Corinthians. Uh, so the investigators, and I use quote marks because I was angry at them mm-hmm. right now, and I don't think they're real investigators. They mm-hmm. asked Damien if they could take a polo- uh, Polaroid of him. Which, at the time, he thought nothing of it. These are the police. Like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, these dickbags use this Polaroid to show people around town and ask them if they knew anything about, uh, quote, this Satan worshiper. Wow. Because that's not leading. Yeah. At not all. At all. <laughs> not even a little bit. Hey, I, I dude worship Satan. You know anything about him? I don't know on what investigation that would be proper to do. None of this is proper. No. So this obviously was used as power of suggestion to lead the community in the direction of Damien's guilt before anything even happened. So now people are like, fuck yeah, he worships the devil. I know it. I've seen it. He made me levitate. Yeah. Some guy said that Damien made him levitate. What? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, God. That was presented as evidence in the trial. Seriously? Swear to God, babe. Dude, what the fuck? Damien made him levitate. <laughs> then somebody else said that um, that the police had told them that they found body parts under Damien's bed. Mm. Now, this in Paradise Lost, I don't know if you've watched that one. Mm. Uh, Mark Byers, Christopher Byers' father, can be heard stating as fact very loudly that Christopher's genitals were found in a jar under Damien's bed. First of all, no. No. Um right. Second, they never found him. Right. They never found his genitals. Right. Pretty sure they weren't under Damien's bed. No. I don't think Damien had a bed, to be 100% honest with you. So I, I don't know what you're finding underneath it. But people really thought this. So now, again, um, these statements were taken as fact by the police, and they were entered into evidence in the trial. That's ridiculous. Yes. On May 8th, 1993, a driver gave his list of boys to Lieutenant Sudbury, who gave it to a fellow narcotics detective, Shane Griffin. Remember the list I said that they made? Mm-hmm. Everybody on probation? Yeah. Um, so Griffin teamed up with polygraph examiner and expert detective Bill Durham. Together, they went to question underage Jason. Mm-hmm. They arrived at the trailer at around 5 p.m. and found uh, not only Jason... Wearing a Metallica t-shirt. Oh, God. God forbid. Uh, but Damien and Domini, his girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, the three stepped out into the front yard to speak to the officers, and they were asked where they were the night of the murders. Griffin later wrote, um, quote, they said that on May 3rd of 1993, Wednesday, they had gone to Jason's uncle's house, and Jason had cut the lawn. Damien phoned his father to pick them up at the laundromat at Missouri and North Washington, Worthington, excuse me, 
They said they were picked up at 6 p.m. and Damien's father took Jason and Dominie home and Damien went home. The teenagers were told they were not suspects. Uh, their parents were not spoken to. They were not read the rights or advised that they could have an attorney. And one of them is underage. Yeah. Again. So Griffin later wrote that Damien told him he'd been in a psych hospital and was taking antidepressants, which is the truth, mm-hmm. and gave Griffin the name of his therapist and psychiatrist in case he wanted to talk to him. Nothing wrong with that. Right. I'm, I'm doing the same fucking thing. Right. And I I mean, I'm pretty sure you have a Metallica t-shirt. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know no books in the Bible. Clearly you worship the devil. Yeah. Your she, mom is screaming right now. Shame on me. Yeah. I know. Oh, she's so unhappy oh. with me not knowing. <laughs> <laughs> Can oh. you believe that? If I told her that, she'd probably fucking have a heart attack. She would have a heart attack. She'd want me to go to church immediately. She would, I mean, hail fucking Mary's all around. Yep. She, oh, man, that'd be bad. Mm. Um... Please don't tell her. <laughs> I love you, babe. Please don't tell um, her. I love, too, how you were so concerned about your dad with your septum piercing. And he didn't fucking notice it until Jax was like, hey, Grandpa, look at Dad's nose. I know. Did he care? No. Uh, no, but Jax totally fucking read it. I know he did. I was so pissed. My own son read I'm pretty out. sure your dad wouldn't even have seen it. Yeah. I mean, you really got to know that you have it and look, and I don't think your dad's staring at your face. Yeah. So, yeah, but Jack, he I was him. nervous, though. He, Which is why Jax was like, Grandpa! <laughs> <laughs> Jack's face. <laughs> Dick. Oh, little shit. <laughs> so, oh my God. All right, so he also wrote that Damien, quote, used to be involved in a in Wiccan religion, which Damien had admitted. He yeah. said that he was. Um his chapter, I guess, was Covenant of Divine Light, which practices white witchcraft, um, and that his girlfriend, Domini, is four months pregnant with his child. So he had previously admitted that he was into to Wicca. Wicca? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, essentially like the worshiping of a female god, mm-hmm. and not the devil, but an evil force. Right. And they think that God is a female because, you know, God's children, obviously. Yeah. So... Um, they asked Damien if he knew of Christopher, Michael, and Stevie, and he said, quote, never heard of them. That whoever would commit such a crime was, quote, sick. When asked how he thought the boys had died, Damien said he'd heard, quote, mutilation, cut up all three. I heard that they were in the water drowning, cut up one more than the others. This was all public knowledge. Right. This had all been leaked. Yeah. So... Griffin then asked Damien, quote, do you believe in God or the devil? According to Griffin's notes, Damien said, quote, I believe in a God, but a female God. Evil force, but not the devil. So just what I said. I said it too soon. Sorry. I got ahead of myself. Uh, Griffin asked Damien how he felt being questioned. Uh, Would he take a polygraph and why would his fingerprints be found at the scene? Damien said he was scared being questioned. He wouldn't fail a polygraph, and there's no way that his prints could be there. Yeah. Griffin asked Jason very similar questions. Uh, his answers were shorter and more cautious. He said he didn't know the boys and the killers should get the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Jason said he believed in God. Um, killing or watching someone be killed would be, quote, disgusting, and being questioned made him, quote, feel like a suspect. Now, Jason was very religious. Yeah. Very open about it. Um, couldn't understand later on why all of this 
was happening because he never thought that his God would let him go through something like this. So he always thought that like he would get out because that's what his God did, you know. Uh, Towards the end of the interview, Jason's mom, Gail Graner, drove up and flipped her fucking shit. She started yelling at the officers that they were picking on her son and she didn't want them talking to him. And because he was underage, they had to fucking leave. Yeah. So. Good job by her. Yeah, right? Um, On May 10th, 1983, Lieutenant Sudbury and Detective Brian Ridge, he was the one who crawled through, remember? Had Damien come to the police station to be interviewed. Again, not recorded. (laughs) Sudbury's notes stated, quote, Damien likes to read books by Satanist Anton Levy and Stephen King. He feels that sex is boring. Okay. What? First of all, how do those two go hand in hand? Right. Two, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Nothing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so I just said, how does this have any relevancy? Detective Ridge also took notes. His report was actually the first one to record Damien's full statement about his whereabouts uh, on the day of the boys' murders. He said they were at Jason, Jason's uncle's and had Damien's mother pick them up. And his family then went to a friend's house. So it was his mom, his dad, his sister, and him. They spoke with the friends, um, the friends' children, excuse me. They weren't home. Damien and his family came home, so then Damien was on the phone the rest of the night with a couple girlfriends in Memphis. Damien's mom, Pam Eccles, was interviewed on May 12th and corroborated Damien's version of events. The next day, Thursday, uh, May 6th, this was so the day after the murder, Ridge wrote that Damien said he went to Lakeshore, which was the trailer home, Quote, where he stayed the night with Domini. He stated that he heard the boys were missing from Jason Baldwin while he was at Lakeshore that day. He then stated that he heard the news that the boys were missing from Jason's mother. Damien stated that Steve Jones from the Juvenile Authority had been by to see him a day or two before and that Steve had told him about the boys' testicles being cut off and that someone had written in, excuse me, urinated in the boys' mouth. Which, I don't think that was a well-known, like, fact. No. It's not a fact, but a well-known, like, thing. Right. Um, he stated that Steve told him that he could have been the, that could have been the reason that the bodies were placed in the water so that the urine could be washed out. Now, the police felt, obviously, that this detail about the urination in the mouths was very, um, not, what am I trying to say? It, it wasn't well-known. Yeah. It also wasn't a fact. It never fucking happened. It was just speculation in the very beginning because they were speculating everything at the very beginning. Um, Actually, Frank Peretti, the ME, had verbally told Gary Gitchell that this happened. And supposedly the only people who knew were the investigators. So for Damien to know, obviously, was an issue. But he's saying that one of the investigators fucking told him. Told him, right. So they didn't believe him. Damien... um, was not questioned any further about his knowledge of this and had no follow-up about the leak of this information. They asked him nothing more about this. Damien stated that he would submit to having hair and blood samples taken and would take a polygraph. On May 10, 1993, Damien took a polygraph with Detective Durham. There is absolutely no record of this. Oh, jeez. There's no, There's no record of the machine's electronic responses, and the interview was not recorded. Of course. There's a one-page report written by Durham, and according to the report, Damien stated he was afraid of, quote, the electric chair. 
Quote, after a short period of time, he ceased to deny his involvement, which means admission through absence of denial. He then said, quote, I will tell you all about it if you will let me talk to my mother. Damien spoke with his mother and again denied involvement. After approximately 20 minutes, I asked, quote, you're never going to tell anyone about this but your doctor, are you? He replied with no. Per Damien, none of this happened. This was never a conversation. His mother never came in to talk to him. He never said, I'll tell you everything. Let me talk to my mom. None of it fucking happened. He took the polygraph. Yeah. But that's it. And obviously he showed deception on the polygraph. Can't prove it. Still allowed in his evidence. Wow. Which polys aren't even allowed in. No. And they allowed all of this in. They allowed um, Durham's report into evidence. That's insane. So that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, after the polygraph, Ridge wrote in his notes, quote, Detective Durham came and met with me and other officers and reported that Damien had been untruthful and according to the polygraph was involved in the murders. Again, there's no evidence of that. It never happened. Unreal. So at this point, Damien's family is like, fuck. Yeah. Like they're coming after him. Yeah. His poor grandmother sold her wedding rings to pay for a defense attorney. Um, when that said defense attorney went to the police station, they wouldn't let him in. What? Would not let him in. Dude, what is and, going yeah, on? And yeah, Damien, so he was interviewed up to eight hours at a time. Which is insane. Insane, yeah. The, um, the attorney was never let in. And Damien said... He didn't care so much that the attorney didn't come in to help him, but he was upset that his grandmother sold her wedding rings for nothing. Yeah. Um, So many tips were called in. Several tips led police to L.G. Hollingsworth. He will come back up later. Mm -hmm. And Deanna Holcomb, which was uh, Damien's ex-girlfriend. Okay. Both originally said they knew nothing about the murders and both failed polygraphs about knowing who did the murders. Both panicked and said Damien. There's no record of their polygraphs. Okay. Yeah. So did they even happen? Supposedly they happened. And okay. they showed deception, but there's no there's no record of it. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, Narlene Hollingsworth, which is LG's aunt, said that she saw Damien and Dominique walking by the Blue Beacon at 9.30 to 10 o'clock Um westbound against traffic and noticed both were muddy this was the night of the murders right never happened (laughs) never happened um lg is dominique's cousin and narlene is her aunt so like way to throw her under the fucking bus dick yeah um so now vicky hutchinson comes back Mm -hmm. this fucking twat face uh, May 13th of 1993, Vicki Hutchinson was interviewed again by Detective Bray, and she brought her son again. Yeah. Bray asked if she knew anything about, quote, occult or devil worshippers. She said no, but then a couple days later called to say that some kids in her neighborhood knew something about a local cult, and she was going to, quote, play detective. Oh, God, here we go. Oh, yeah. So she knew Jesse from living in the same trailer park. He would help her out a lot with her lawn and would babysit and, you know. Right. She said he was always around, so the two actually became close. 
She told police she tried to figure out if Jesse had anything to do with the murders, so she kept talking to him about it until he eventually said that he knew Damien. Yeah. Vicky never explained why she focused on Jesse, because there was no reason for her to. But she definitely took advantage of his educational and intellectual levels, yeah. which were very low. Right. Which pisses me off, because this poor kid breaks my fucking heart. Yeah. And, like, these people are dicks to him. Um... So we did talk a little bit about his IQ in part one. It was 72. Yeah. Um, really also, funny. at the time of the murders, he was 16. He had dropped out of school. He made it to the ninth grade, but his educational level was barely that of a fourth grader. His last psychological exam was done just prior to him dropping out. The report showed Jesse had deficit, deficits in his, quote, general information, abstract and concrete reasoning, numerical reasoning, language development, word knowledge, apparently I have a problem yeah. too, <laughs> verbal comprehension, and spatial visualization. So at the time, Bill Clinton was the governor, mm -hmm. and he had just been elected president. Yeah. Jesse had no fucking clue who Bill Clinton was. Really? No clue. And there's something else later that he doesn't know that oh, it ruins you. It ruins you. Uh, so by this point, Jesse said that, quote, he didn't care about nothing and he would probably become a mechanic like his dad, although he dreamed of becoming a professional wrestler. Hey. This kid. Uh, Vicky told Bray that she had a hunch about the killings and wanted to talk to Damien alone. Bray and Jerry Driver encouraged this with Bray giving her his library card and Driver giving her a list of occult books that she could go get from the library to place around her trailer. So when Damien came over, it would look like she was interested. Oh. This is... I, I don't even know. Like, I, she had nothing to do with this. Right. Nothing. Right. And she helped fucking put them away. So... Yeah, that's fucked up. She told Jesse she wanted to go out with Damien, which he was like, what the fuck? You're like 30. Yeah. He's like 18. <laughs> right. Why? But he's like, Creepy. whatever. Yeah, I'll introduce you. So the next time Jason and Damien were in the neighborhood, Jesse brought them to Vicky's trailer, introduced them, and then left. Within 15 minutes, Damien's, mo Damien's mom was there picking them up. So he was like, this bitch is crazy. Yeah. I'm going to peace out. So they were gone. 15 minutes. Deuces. Uh, as far as Jesse knew, this was the only contact Vicky had ever had with Jason and Damien. Yeah. Bray and Driver had also placed recording devices around Vicky's trailer, hoping Damien would incriminate himself. Vicky told Bray and eventually the West Memphis PD that a relationship had developed that lasted eight days. She said it was calculated on her part, passionate on Damien's, and sexless from beginning to end. Quote, he's not real, real talkative. You kind of have to pull things out of him. But he kept telling me about the boy's murders and how he had been, he never said, quote, questioned. He always said that, quote, I was accused for eight hours. I was accused of killing those three little boys. And I said, you know, I just acted like it was no big deal. And I said, well, you know, why would they pick you in West Memphis? You know, there are bukus of people. Why would they just pick you? And he just looked at me, I mean, really weird, and said, because I'm evil. Okay. So he doesn't talk. You have to pull things out of him. Yeah. But he talks to you about murder for hours? But, uh, yeah. Huh. So, with the recording devices in her trailer, you would think that they would be able to catch all of this. Yeah. 
Vicky did state when they tested the recording devices, the um, the recordings were crystal clear. Mm-hmm. However, when PD went to collect them, uh, they said that it was shitty recordings, and then oh, they eventually lost them. You don't say. They lost them. They couldn't find them. Yeah. Yeah. I hate when that happens. I know. But eight days, eight days of a relationship, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. This bitch. So... <laughs> Vicky then told Bray that Damien had invited her to an S-bot. A what? An S-bot. What the fuck is that? So, she had to look up the word to find out that it refers to a gathering of witches. Ah. Okay, so a witches meeting. Cool. Yeah. Whatever. She took this shit to a whole other fucking level. She would later report that on the night of Wednesday, May 19th, Damien was driving a red Ford Escort with Jesse in the car and picked her up. Damien drove them to a field north of Marion that they approached via a dirt road. She said she saw approximately 10 young people with faces and arms painted black, taking off their clothes and, quote, touching each other. Mm, okay. This no longer sounds like just a meeting. Yeah. Uh, she Party. was, yeah, she was not having it and asked Damien to take her home, leaving Jesse at the quote orgy. <laughs> I don't think Jesse knows what this is. No. Just saying. Um, he, he says later though, he's like, I mean, it would have been fucking cool. Like <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I would have stayed if it was actually happening, but it, it didn't. Rock like, on. didn't. So no one, she was, she, he took her home. Supposedly. No. No one asked her how she saw what she did or how the scene was lit up. There was no moon that night. It was cloudy. No headlights. No nothing. But she could clearly see into the pitch black fucking woods. People painted black. Oh. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. So, um, we should also mention the fact that um, Damien didn't know how to drive. Oh, really? It was very well known that Damien did not know how to drive. Oh, no shit. Which is why his mom and dad always picked him up everywhere. And um, nobody owns a Ford Escort, a red Ford Escort. Wow. Nobody. Alrighty then. Yeah. Man, so, you're slamming that book hard. I know. I'm getting because Vicky's a fucking twat face. Man, she's pissing you off. She is. Jesse and his orgy. Come on now. <laughs> Kid's sixteen. He don't know what an orgy is. <laughs> so, by the third week after the murders, the number of allegations. That were bullshit and not even remotely factual. Um, about Damien taking part in the murders was just, it was literally getting obnoxious. Yeah. Obviously, people are saying he made them levitate. He apparently has a scrotum under his bed. Mm. Like, I don't know. So, while Gary Gitchell had some reservations about the information provided by a juvenile probation officer, uh, Twad Face Jerry Driver, a detective. He, he meant well. He did not fucking mean well. <sighs> This was literally a witch hunt. Yeah, I know it was. Yeah. I'm sorry that you want to be a police officer now that you're no longer a pilot, but you suck at it. Yeah. So, like, why are you obsessed with the occult? Are you a witch? No. Hmm. He who accuses. So, um, so Gitchell was like, fuck it, I guess I'll talk to him because he had nothing at this point. By May 26th, he still had not gotten written autopsy reports um, or the answers that he desperately needed, really. He had no definitive time of death. They had an approximate one. He had no cause of death. He he had nothing at this point. 
So he's writing letters to the ME, like, uh, what the fuck, dude? What are you doing? I still didn't get him. So he's like, okay, well, I guess I'll go talk to Vicky and Aaron Hutchison. So on 527, Gitchell Ridge and Allen all interviewed Vicky about her experience with Damien uh, and the S-Pot. And Aaron's statements about Christopher, Michael, and Stevie. Bray told the detectives Aaron told him he'd hang out in Robin Hood Woods all the time. They had a clubhouse there, and they spied on five men who would sit in a circle, chant, sing songs about the devil, and, quote, do what men and ladies do. What? It got to the point that, and I think it'll, it'll come up in part three, but um, it got to the point where Aaron was saying that first he said he witnessed the actual murders. Yeah. Then he said he participated in the murders because a black man was holding a gun to his head. What? Mm-hmm. He's eight, and he has cops telling him, you can help us. You can be a hero. What the fuck? They ended up not putting him on the stand for that reason. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, this poor kid was fucked for the rest of his life. Yeah, no so, kidding. Um, there were many serious questions about Vicky and Aaron's statements, but their allegations supported the cult theory. And at this point in the investigation, the police were desperate, so they were willing to overlook a few inconsistencies. Oh, yeah. Yes. When they went back for a second day of interviews, Vicky gave them a skull earring that Damien had supposedly dropped while visiting her. Aaron immediately said it's the same earring that he saw the five men in the woods wearing. Sure. Yeah. Uh, June 2nd, Vicky is given a polygraph by Durham, who reported it showed her telling the truth. Mm. There's no record of that. Oh, of course. Why would there be? Come on. So, um... In the book, uh, what the fuck is the name of the book? Jesus Christ, the one I've been looking at. Paradise Lost? No, I don't think it's called that. Uh, the author said that uh, to say that there, the paperwork the police had was, um, how did she term it? It, it was a shit show. It was yeah. a complete fucking mess. 90% of the paperwork, the boys were identified wrong. So, yeah. Um <clears throat> So, obviously, they think that she's telling the truth. Um, this was astounding to Gitchell and solidified his plan of attack against Damien. Mm. Of course it did. Fits real nice, like a little puzzle piece. Yeah, no mm-hmm. shit. So, on the night of June 2nd, Jesse agreed to spend the night at Vicky's trailer after reports of a prowler spooked her. He slept on the couch with a gun next to him. I'm pretty sure she fucking set him up. Pretty sure. Yeah. So the next morning, Jesse was woken up at 9 a.m. from his dad knocking on the door. He said, uh, quote, Detective Sergeant Mike Allen wanted to talk to me, and did I have a problem with that? Since Allen was with his dad, Jesse didn't think anything was wrong. And he got dressed, and he drove off with Allen at 9.45 a.m. Jesse later recalled, quote, He said we was going to the police department. I didn't know what was going on, but I wasn't scared. At that time, I didn't know what he wanted to talk to me about. So there's going to be a lot of quotes coming up because this is where it comes out. Right. So Alan told Jesse he wanted to ask him some questions. Quote, but then he told me he couldn't ask me no questions without my dad signing papers. I told him my dad wouldn't have a problem with that. So we left the police station to go where my dad was. 
While we was on the way, he told me if I knew anything that there was a $35,000 reward and if I could help them out, we'd get that money. No, he would. We met my dad down on the service road. I talked to my dad about it. He said if I knew anything to tell the police and then my dad could go buy him a new truck. We went back to the police station. I just told them what I knew about the kids. I didn't want to spill my monster, sorry. I seen on the side of the service road and what my friend told me. That's all I knew. That's when they gave me a polygraph. So the form that Jesse's dad signed was just for Jesse to take the polygraph. Right. It had nothing to do with Jesse waiving his constitutional rights. Right. He never did. So according to the reports, Jesse was read his Miranda rights at 11 a.m. by Detectives Ridge and Allen. Then again at 11.30 by Detective Durham prior to the polygraph. Each time he was told he had the right to remain silent, the right to an attorney, and the right to stop questioning at any time. Detective Ridge reported that Jesse said he understood his rights and signed the paper. However, he did not sign the paper. He printed his name because he has the educational level of a fucking fourth grader. He doesn't know cursive. He doesn't know how to sign his name. So, also, he's 16. Why is he signing that paper? Shouldn't his parents be signing it? Well, I mean, he if the parents are there... It, They're not. Yeah. Then, no, he shouldn't be. Right. Unless they gave the okay. No, he signed... His dad signed the paper allowing them to give Jesse a polygraph. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So, mm-hmm. listening to the conversations that this kid had, I, you can tell... Something is wrong. Yeah, he's slow. He's very slow. Yeah. You didn't notice that? All of these fucking police officers said that they didn't realize he was slow. No, that's bullshit. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. That's bullshit. So during the polygraph, Jesse was asked about the murders and drugs. Jesse said when asked about drugs, he did lie about doing them, but finally admitted to doing drugs but not selling them. Quote, he said... I knew you have because I've seen you sell them. And that's when I really got mad because I told him, I have never sold drugs. I've used them, but I ain't never sold them. That's when he told me that I was lying. He told me that my brain was telling him so. Now I'm going to really slam the notebook down. Oh, shit. According to Durham's report, Jesse had recorded, quote, significant responses indicative of deception on five critical questions regarding the woods, Devil worshipping, being involved in the murders, and who did the murders, walked out of the room saying, quote, he's lying his ass off. Do you remember what they told this poor kid? What? That the polygraph machine could read his fucking mind. Oh, my God. Mm Mm-hmm. And the way, so he tried to tell him, like, it's going to tell me if you're lying. But But they didn't know he was slow. Right. So they're telling him that this machine could read his mind. But you don't know that there's something wrong. Yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. He, so then Jesse says, quote, I didn't know what was going on because how could my brain be telling him that I was sitting there lying? It got me confused. Mm-hmm. At 12.30 p.m., Gitchell took Jesse to another interrogation room and started questioning him, who said it was the same questions over and over. Jesse would tell Gitchell he wanted to go home. Gitchell would tell him he could go home in one minute, and then he would start asking the same questions. 
Gary Gitchell and Brian Ridge started questioning Jesse together, and Jesse said, quote, from that point, it just got rougher on down. Jesse kept saying he knew of the murder from what his friends had told him, while they kept yelling, how did he know so much if he didn't do it? Quote, they kept saying they knew I had something to do with it because other people done told them. After I told them what the boys were wearing, Gary Gitchell told me, was any of them tied up? That's when I went along with him. I repeated what he told me. I said, yes, they was tied up. He asked, what was, the, what was they tied up with? I told him rope. He got mad. He told me, God damn it, Jesse, don't mess with me. He said, no, they was tied up with shoestrings. I had to go through the whole story again until I got it right. They hollered at me until I got it right. So whatever he was telling me, I started telling him back. But I figured something was wrong because if I'd a killed him, I'd have known how I'd done it. What the fuck? I picture them questioning like jacks. Yeah. Because that's the equivalent yeah, of what, what you're is. doing to this, this kid. Yeah. So out of six hours of questioning, only the last 34 minutes were recorded. Um, the only accounts of the initial interrogations are of Jesse's and two reports by Ridge. One was handwritten and one was typed. Gitchell at one point drew a picture of a circle surrounded by X's with three dots in the middle, saying the X's are the police. The dots inside are him, Damien, and Jason, and Jesse could be in with them or out with the police. Ridge made reference to this in his handwritten notes, but not the typed one. According to Ridge, the polygraph had produced a change in Jesse, who allegedly began making, making accusatory statements about Damien and Jason. Jesse said that he had, quote, received a call from Jason Baldwin the night before the murders. They were going to go out and get some boys and hurt them. He knew what they were going to do. According to Ridge again, not recorded, Jesse allegedly told the detectives that he had seen a picture of the murdered boys at a meeting of a, quote, satanic cult. Um, <clears throat> so they have him in this room now. They're, yeah. they're going at him and they get him to admit to a multitude of things that right. just were not true, right. even a little bit. Um, all the, all the meetings were held on Wednesdays. All the meetings were held in Robin Hood. Um, they would start fires. Someone would bring a dog. They would kill the dog and then eat it. And how long did they go at it? Six hours. Yeah. With no break. And a, a, a child. Yeah. A chi- you're, you're speaking to a child at yeah. this point. So that happens. Mm-hmm. You have, a, I'm not going to say offenders, but you have suspects or whatever that are just going to agree with it mm-hmm. just to get the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they don't know what else to do. Right. And they say that, and I think I bring it up later, that... Um, the type of people most likely to give in and give a coarse confession are people with a low IQ. Yeah. Because they're thinking about the right now. Yeah. And the how do I stop this right now? Exactly. I'm going to tell them what they want to hear and I'm going to fix it later. Exactly. And Jesse says almost exactly that, that he repeated what they told him to say and that he would just tell him he was lying later. Right. So. Just so he could fucking get out of yep. there. It's all that it was. Um, so 
they got him to say that Jesse and Damien, Jason, excuse me, and Damien had called him three times and that the third time after the murder, he could hear Damien in the back saying, we did it, we did it. Um, Jesse's statements had significantly changed since he had gotten to the station. According to Ridge's handwritten notes, they show Jesse a picture of one of the victims in the coroner's office. So they show this fucking kid an autopsy photo of one of the boys. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's a tactic, but right, a fucking kid that you're showing that to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. So Detective Ridge would later testify that the picture was shown to Jesse to invoke a response. Yeah. Um, he said that Jesse would shut down or he would say the same things over and over when they needed him to say something different. Dude. You just admitted it. Yeah. So, uh, Jesse would later say that after the polygraph, he decided to start, quote, telling them back whatever they told me. He said that there were three reasons for that decision that he made. Uh, the first one was the picture of the circle. Yeah. The second one was the autopsy photo, yeah. obviously. And the third was the tape recording. After showing Jesse the picture of, I believe it was Christopher Byers, yeah. autopsy photo, they played a tape recording of a small, eerie voice of a child saying, quote, nobody knows what happened but me. What? Yeah. Dude, what is going on? This was Aaron's voice. This was the little the little kid Aaron's voice, and they had pieced it together from previous interviews. Dude, I don't even know what to say. Uh, none of this was included in Ridge's typed report. Of course. Mm. Why would it again? Right. He did include, though, quote, at about 2.20 p.m., Jesse told Inspector Gitchell that he was present at the time of the murders. We then prepared for the interrogation to be taped. Now they tape it. Yeah. Driver at one point recognized that Jesse was, quote, kind of slow mentally, but his age and intellectual limitations did not concern them at all. Oh, yeah. Clearly. Right. The detectives would state they did not know Jesse had mental limitations and claimed to understand and said his claim to understand his constitutional rights was being treated the same as if he were a lawyer. Uh, My note says they're full of shit. Speaking with Jesse for three minutes makes it obvious there's a disability there. Uh, Despite this, he was read his rights again and the taped portion of the interrogation began at 2.44 p.m. For 34 minutes, Jesse answered questions for Gitchell, Ridge, and Allen. Most of his answers were vague and um, contradictory, right? Yeah. Yeah? Good job. I fucking practiced it when I wrote it down. <laughs> it's it's three in the morning, and I'm like, contradictory. <laughs> and you're sleeping and, like, talking back to me in your sleep, and I'm like, shut up. Contradictory. Um, Good job. So almost all of his answers began with a prompt by one of the detectives. My next note says the whole confession is bullshit from the get-go. Uh, Good note. Yeah. Jesse said he went with Damien and Jason to the woods in the morning. Quote, when I was there, I saw Damien hit this one boy real bad, and then he started screwing them and stuff. Ridge showed Jesse a newspaper clipping with the boys' pictures and asked him which boy Damien had attacked. Jesse pointed at, pointed and said Michael Moore. He was actually pointing at Christopher Byers. So he didn't even know who these kids fucking were. Right. Ridge says, okay, so you saw Damien strike Chris Byers in the head. 
No, it's not what he said. Just said that he saw him hit him. Uh, Ridge asked what he was hit with, and Jesse replied, quote, he hit him with his fist and bruised him all up real bad. And then Jason turned around and hit Stevie Branch and started doing the same thing. Then the other one took off. Michael Moore took off running. So I chased him and grabbed hold of him until I got there, and then I left. This is the first time he says he leaves. Yeah. He repeatedly says that he left without witnessing the murders. He ends up saying seven times that he left without witnessing the murders, and each time one of the detectives puts him back at the scene. Doesn't even acknowledge the fact that he left, but just says, okay, so then you saw this. Um, so then Jesse says, quote, then they tied them up, tied their hands up. They started screwing them and stuff, cutting them and stuff, and I saw it, and I turned around and looked, and then I took off running. I went home. And then they called me and asked me how come I didn't stay. I told them I just couldn't. Ridge asked, okay, now when this is going on, when this is taking place, you saw somebody with a knife. Who had a knife? He never said he saw somebody with a fucking knife. Right. Ever. Oh, they're giving him the answers. Oh, baby, it's so bad. Um, in more than half a dozen questions, uh, Jesse was asked if he saw Jason cut one of the boys in the face and then he would say that he saw another boy being cut, quote, at the bottom. Okay. At this point, Gitchell stands up and basically, like, points at his groin and says, do you mean here? Yeah. So it's established that Jesse meant the groin area. Right. Because uh, your balls are not your butt. <laughs> right. Just saying. <laughs> um, then Rich asked him, quote, do you know what a penis is? Cool. So you don't know he's mentally retarded, but you ask a 16-year-old boy what a penis is? Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, 16-year-old boys don't let go of their penises. (laughs) And you're asking him if he knows what it is? Yeah. But you didn't know? Dude, this is so bad. it's, It's so bad. So now the huge issue with the confession is time. Yeah. Um... First, Jesse says it's in the morning. Then he says it's noon and the boys skip school, which obviously didn't happen. All the boys were accounted for at school. Michael's mom picked him up at school. Was it Michael's mom? Maybe it was Michael's mom. Uh, They asked Jesse if he wears a watch. And Ridge says, quote, so your time period may not be exactly right is what you're saying. The longer the interview lasted, the more convoluted Jesse's story became. Gitchell was getting pissed off and growing impatient saying, quote, I've got a feeling here you're not quite telling me everything. Now you know that we're recording everything, so this is very, very important to tell us the entire truth. If you were there the whole time, then tell us that you were there the whole time. Don't leave anything out. This is very, very important. Now just tell us the truth. Jesse continued to give elaborate statements to the detectives that were not true. He repeatedly said only the boy's hands were tied, saying that one little boy was kicking his legs up in the air And the only reason the boys didn't run was because the guys, quote, beat them up so bad they could hardly move. Obviously, the boys were hogtied. Yeah. He said the boys, they they had the ability to run the whole time. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he wasn't fucking there. Duh. Uh, Jesse said that he'd been involved in a cult for three months. Uh, Gitchell asked him what the cult members did typically in the woods. Again, Jesse said something about dogs and killing them and eating them. 
Okay. And then said, quote, we have an orgy and stuff like that. Whoa. Okay. Kill a dog and then have an orgy? Right. But what's my penis? (laughs) I don't know what that is. Right. I'm going to go have an orgy with it. Cool. Dengue. Yeah. Babe. Uh, Jesse also stated that Christopher Byers was choked with a stick, but never mentioned the castration, which it's kind of, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of a big deal. Just a little. Yeah. Um, Also, Christopher Byers' neck was actually one of the only parts of his body that didn't have significant signs of trauma. Hmm. So he was not choked with a stick. Yeah. Uh, The detectives breezed right past all of this, though, and started talking about the time frame again. Jesse repeatedly said he went into the woods at 9 a.m. and left at noon. At 3.18 p.m., they decided to take a break. The startup of the interview again is disputed, but a police report listing the chronology of the day's events and noted it was conducted, quote, to clear up some discrepancies concerning time and events in the first interview. Just a few. Huh. After a 27-minute break, during which the recorder was turned off, the times changed drastically. Gitchell is now interviewing Jesse alone, and he says, quote, Jesse, when you three were in the woods and the little boys come up, about what time is it? Jesse responds, quote, I would say it was about five or so, five or six. Gitchell says, do you have your watch on? Jesse apparently shakes his head no. Gitchell says, all right, you told me earlier around seven or eight. Which time was it? After a 20-second pause in the recording, yeah. Jesse responds with, it was 7 or 8. Oh, Jesus. So now we went from 9 a.m. Yeah. to 7 p.m. Jesse says it was starting to get dark. Gitchell says, quote, well, that clears that up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah perfect. Totally. <laughs> so then Gitchell moved on to another problem with the earlier confession, uh, what the boys were tied up with. Jesse repeatedly said that the boys were tied up with brown rope. Yeah. They were tied with black and white shoelaces. Don't you think if you tied a child up, you would remember what you tied them up with? I think you would know. Hmm. I don't know. Just saying. So, Gitchell finally is like, well, fuck it. And he just leaves it alone. Yeah. So now he's questioning Jesse about rape. Police suspected there was sexual assault involved because of the nudity and the way the boys were tied. But it would later be verified that there was no evidence of sexual assault aside from the castration. Mm -hmm. Jesse said he saw Damien and Jason rape two of the boys that he incorrectly identified as, quote, the Myers and, quote, the Branch. In addition to rape, Jesse said that he witnessed oral sex, saying, quote, they stuck their thing in their mouth. Gitchell left the room, comes back, and says, quote, did anyone go down on the boys and maybe suck theirs or something? Jesse said, quote, not that. I didn't see neither one of them do that. It's all fucking made up. Yeah. According to a police time chart, this interview session ended at 5.05 p.m. Later, Jesse would say that the questioning seemed like a game. When the detectives refused his answers and yelled at him, he didn't know what to do. He then figured out that they were giving him clues, and when his answers conformed to the clues, things went better for him, and they stopped yelling at him. Quote, I figured they knew I was lying from the get-go because the police, they knew me. They knew me for a long time. They knew I wasn't that type to go killing little kids. I figured they knew I was lying because they was lying too. Mm. Hmm. 
Nobody focuses on that. No, not at all. So they give this kid a fucking cheeseburger and a pop and put him in a holding cell. Yeah. At no point in time had anybody explained to Jesse that he had just implicated himself in a triple murder and that he was about to be arrested. Ridge wrote in his report, quote, Jesse Jr., during the course of the interview, gave specific information that only a person with firsthand knowledge could have had. Jesse Miss Kelly Jr. stated that he did take part in the apprehension of the victims and that he was an eyewitness to the murders performed by Jason Baldwin and Damian Eccles. Jesse said, quote, after they turned the tape recorder off, I was too tired to talk. I just wanted to lie down. I figured I was supposed to wait there until my dad came to get me. I figured they knew I needed a ride home, but my dad never did show up. I fucking hate these people. Yeah. Like, I hate it's, these people. It's so fucked up, I don't even know what to say. He's got the mind of a fucking 10-year-old. Yeah. They completely took advantage of this kid. I, I just, it, it literally breaks my heart. Like, he thought his dad was coming to get him. Yeah. And then he just waited, and his dad never came. And he didn't fucking know why. Nobody explained it to him. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. God, I hate these fucking people. <sighs> okay. Yeah, right over there? No, I'm angry. Like, it, literally, like, reading this no, and listening to the, I was in tears. Yeah. He, he's, he's 10. He's got the mind of a fucking 10-year-old. And I just kept thinking, like... Jackson sitting at a table getting yelled oh, yeah. at by fucking police officers and like yeah. this, this this is the equivalent. Yep. Fucking hate them. Um so while Jesse was eating and laying down, Detectives Ridge and Gitchell were with prosecuting attorney John Fogelman, who is also a twat face, and municipal court judge William Pal Rainey. And they were preparing an affidavit. Yeah. Now, I don't understand how this happens coming up. At 9.06 p.m., they appeared in municipal court in front of Judge Rainey, who had just helped them prepare the affidavit. How's that happen? Fuck, I don't don't know. So you wrote up the affidavit in his chambers and then went outside at court? Yeah. That's pretty much what happened. Never heard of that. Uh, So they went before him to have a hearing to show probable cause to arrest Jason Baldwin and Damian Eccles for murder and to search their homes. Uh, it is very rare that a judge issues a nighttime warrant. Arkansas law requires police to show that extraordinary circumstances necessitate invading a home after dark. We're almost done. Uh, the circumstances are very narrow and well-defined. The house to be searched must be difficult to search by day, or there must be a threat that officers will be harmed or evidence destroyed if a daytime search is attempted. Yeah. They live in fucking trailers. Right. None of this applied. None of it. Yeah. That's, wow. Yeah. So Deputy Prosecutor John Fogelman went before the judge, uh, Judge Rainey, with an affidavit to search the homes of Damien, Jason, and Jesse that very night and arrest Damien and Jason. Fogelman's reasoning was that the three were, quote, close friends and members of a close-knit cult group. Rainey signed off on all of it. At 10.28 p.m., with a full moon, because you got to point that out. Oh, yeah. Dozens of police cars from several agencies pulled into three separate trailer parks to start their urgent searches. Usually on weeknights, Jason had to stay home and take care of his brothers while his mom worked the evening shift at a trucking firm in Memphis. Yeah. Uh, That day, however, it was a Thursday, was uh, Jason's last day of school. He had done well on all of his testing, and he had finished the 10th grade. So his mom surprised him and hired a babysitter. 
so he could have the night off. Yeah. So we went to Damien's to celebrate. Yeah. Damien's parents planned a night out uh, to a new casino 50 miles south of Memphis. So they rented a TV and a VCR for him and his sister, Michelle. And Dominique and Jason came over. They were celebrating. Yeah. They were watching Leprechaun. Um, Michelle heard noises outside and yelled at everyone to hide the cops came in Damien and Jason were both put in handcuffs and arrested Damien uh, said he had seen it coming but Jason thought that they were at the wrong house and he kept saying you have the wrong guys you're at the wrong place it's not us Damien and Jason were both charged with three counts of capital murder Jesse was also charged with three counts of capital murder. Yeah. That's insane. So I got angry and this is where I had to stop. Yeah. Because I was, I was mad. It's so fucked up. Like it's, it's almost unbelievable. And just hearing like the, the actual recordings of the interview with Jesse, like that's awful. I cannot imagine what we didn't hear. I, I can't even imagine. How it was allowed, like... And all of it. It just baffles Somebody me. said that Damien made him levitate, and that was put into yeah. evidence. Dude. How? <laughs> Dude. Come on. How does that fucking happen? There's, later on, there's issues with the judge yeah. and his behavior. Do you want to know who rules on his behavior? Who? Him. Him. Why wouldn't it? He's be? like, I did a fucking great job. I don't know oh what you're fucking talking God. about. <laughs> what, dude? This is like, what? Yeah. What? This is fucking insane. And I have to say this now because you're wearing sunglasses. I'll say it again in part three. So all the pictures you see of Jamie, Damien, Damien, hmm, uh, Damien, yeah, outside of prison, he's wearing sunglasses. Yeah. It's because his eyes are fucking destroyed. Yeah. I he was in solitary for 10 that. years. Yeah. Can't see far anywhere. Yeah. I read that. What the fuck? That's completely fucked up. I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't understand how somebody could look into this case and think that they're guilty. I feel like the people that think that they're guilty don't know any of this. Right. Or don't want to fucking accept it. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know. I, I have my theory about who did it. You and I. Yeah, we're on the share, same page. We share that theory along with many, many other people. And I would like to stay down the middle. but I can't. How can you? When this much shit is going on, how the fuck can mm-hmm. you? Stay neutral. Mm-hmm. So Morbid obviously did this episode. Yeah. And one of the chicks on Morbid, Elena, is she's now obsessed with this case. Yeah. She said she went in thinking these kids are fucking guilty. Yeah. She researched a little bit and still was like, all right, they're guilty. She said, but when she started digging, she was like, what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? She's like, if you read any more than two fucking articles, you can figure out that that they're not, they didn't do it. Right. There, there's nothing that shows that they did it. No. There's fucking DNA from somebody else at the scene. Dude, the 
the investigators had their fucking story yep. and that, that's what they wanted to stick with. They had a triple homicide of eight-year-old boys that in the had, middle of satanic yeah. panic and they had to they solve had it. They had to solve it. Yeah. And fucking twat-faced Jerry Driver. They had to solve it and they had to solve it quick. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it would have fucking blown up. Mm-hmm. And the problem that continued throughout the case was um, the judge that ends up getting assigned to the case, Judge Burnett, yeah. is the judge the entire time. Yeah. So 10 years down the road, when these guys' attorneys go for appeals, it's before Judge Burnett. Oh, who who already said they did it. They, right. So. I, yeah, that's that's insane. I mean, these, these kids didn't have a fucking chance. No, not at all. They didn't have a chance. Not at all. Shame on the police for completely, you know, fucking this up and and doing what they did. The interview with with Jesse, like, made me sick to my stomach. Yeah. Because the way that he answers questions, he's answering questions like a child. Yeah. Well, he is. Mentally, he is. He is. But you didn't know? The whole, like, do you know what a penis is? Yeah. You just asked a 16-year-old boy if he knows what a penis is. Right. What? But he's got no mental issues. Right, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Whatever. So now I'm angry. <sighs> I'm all riled up for the night. Yeah, you are. I, it You're really, sweating. <laughs> it really made me mad. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't... It's and fucked up. None of... So, like, the book, Devil's Not, that's what it is. Yeah. It's not biased in any way. It's very factual. It's very much down the line as much as it can be, you yeah. know. Um, she doesn't take sides. She just tells the story. As it is. As it is. And this is what it is. Man, that's fucked up. Yeah. I, I don't... I don't know. I'm interested for part three. Part three is going to piss me off even more. Yeah, you're going to be yeah. even more sweaty. Mm-hmm. I am. I am. 100%. Should like, wear a tank top. You're going to get I, some wet pit I probably on. should. I had to unbuckle my pants, by I the way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't breathe. Fuck. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I couldn't breathe. That's what happens when you're fat and you sit down in jeans. I was like, I'm going to pass out before this fucking episode is over. I have got to unzip my fucking pants. Oh, that's awesome. I did. Did you notice the change in my breathing when I yeah. unbuckled? Uh, I need to get on the Peloton. <laughs> and I have to fucking button him back up to go to Target. Oh, that sucks. Ugh. Well, part so, three, I'm looking forward to, but uh, yeah, this one pissed me off too. How how this was allowed is mm-hmm. just it's it's almost unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Yeah, I just and then what comes out later, and and the outcome after what comes out yeah. is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So, well, I don't know who requested this. Uh, Lisa. I know a lot of people wanted to hear it. I think Lisa was the first one. Kelly, too, was like, are you going to fucking do it? And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. She's like, just fucking do it. (laughs) So. It's a good one, though. It is a good one. It's it's a good one. It it is. And it makes me very upset. But holy cow, were there just these fuck-ups. Like, 
documented. Recorded, documented fuck-ups. Yeah. And it, it was allowed. Mm-hmm. Like... Not only was it allowed, afterwards, I mean, 20 years later, these fuck faces are like, yeah, we did a great job. Right. We did great. <laughs> right. Uh, what? No. You didn't do great. No. You're a fucking giant twat face. Right. You did not do great. Yeah. But they do. They still, there's a couple investigators, though, that refuse to be interviewed. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't want to be interviewed. I wouldn't want to be. Because my first question would be like, sir, why are you such a fucking dingus? Why are you dingus? an idiot? Yeah. How who, did you become the police? Who ties your motherfucking shoes? Yeah. Just saying. I, actually, my first question, I think, would be, do you know what a penis is? Right. <laughs> I hate that. Uh, all right. Well. I'm all worked up. That is part two. Part deux. Yeah. Part so, three. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Part three should be coming out later this week. Yeah, we're shooting for Friday. Friday yeah. or Saturday. Yeah. It's going to be a little bit... What 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 are we at time-wise? Well, now we're in 13 minutes. Okay, yeah. Part three is going to be probably a little bit longer. Okay. I cut out two pages gotcha. of part two. Okay. So. All right. Well, that's cool. I saw you, Nancy. Yeah, so. I'm a little... Got to take my night meds. So. I got I to gotta finish part three. Yep. After he's fucking cracking me up over there. So Jack sits down <laughs> he's here. Speaking over the couch. He sits down here when we're recording. We're not like complete fucking dickbags, no, though. He can't. He's hear. he's, he's wearing noise canceling yeah. headphones on, so he he literally cannot hear a fucking thing. So when he starts getting antsy, all you see is like the top of his fucking giant head come over the couch, just staring at us like, "What are you gonna finish?" <laughs> So yeah, we're so we're at that now. He's yeah, peeking over, mm-hmm. which means he probably is hungry. Yeah, if I had to guess. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed this one, and uh, you shouldn't have to wait too long. No, for no, no, no. Part three, like I said, I will angrily for, finish. It. Yeah, either Friday or Saturday. That's what we're hoping for. So yep. And then, so we're kind of torn on uh, what we want to do for a Patreon episode next. Yeah, I have a couple of requests that I, I in the notebook. Let's take a vote. So Patreons, what you want? Okay. We'll see what we got. But we do have requests from other people that we we still got to do. Yeah, so. I know. I'm talking about a Patreon episode. Okay. Yeah. So. That's fine. I'll write quicker. Okay. So. Yeah. Cool. Good talk. Yeah. I hate when you fucking say that. <laughs> that was on Facebook the other day. Who fucking tagged you? Yeah, Norlene? I, I was like, yeah. God damn it. He does that all the fuck time. You give me a two fucking second response time and then you're like, okay, good talk. Just say fuck you and be done with it because that's really the equivalent of what you're saying to me. God. Uh, I love you, babe. No, you don't. Yes, I do. (laughs) Dick. Even though you had to unbuckle your pants. Oh, my God. It feels so much better, though. (laughs) I should have fucking changed them when I walked in the house. Uh, I got my grandpa's sweater on, though. Yeah. So, whatever. That's awesome. You look hot. Maybe I won't button my fucking pants. Maybe I'll just button my grandpa's sweater. There you go. It's not like my pants are falling down. Right. I ain't going nowhere. That's why I couldn't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. So. 
All right. Well, thank you guys for listening again, <laughs> and hope you continue listening. <laughs> and we will be talking to you soon. Bye. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.